And the reason is our specialty is purchasing the four R's, you know, rehab, rent, refinance, and then repeat. So our ideal property is basically a horrible property. Best ever listeners, I want to mention Lima One Capital, and I found out about them through a guest that I was interviewing on the show, and he mentioned how he was scaling his business. He was actually buying 10 single-family homes within one year, and I asked him, how were you able to buy 10 single-family homes, and how were you financing that? And he's like, oh, well, I just use an asset-based lender. I was like, who is that? And he told me it's Lima One Capital. I reached out to them afterwards, got to know them, and they are the sponsor of today's episode because they've got some unique lending programs. Uh, One of them is called Rental 30, where, as I mentioned, they're an asset-based lender. So they're lending based on the property's appraised value, as well as they look at the down payment that you're bringing to the table and the cash reserves. Uh, they'll lend up to 75% loan to value. And this is huge. This is huge because typically as a single family investor, uh, your lending strength is based on your personal income as well as how many properties you have, how many loans you have out. There's no restrictions on portfolio size with their Rental 30 program. Go to lima1capital.com forward slash best ever sign up learn more about their program that's lima1capital.com forward slash best ever they also have a program for fix and flippers even if you haven't done a fix and flip they'll still lend to you they've been in the business uh, since 2010 so they've been around the block they know their underwriting guidelines they're not loosey-goosey but they do have a very specific uh, criteria um, that helps beginning fix and flippers get their fix and flip projects done as well as experienced fix and flippers they reward you as an experienced fix fix and flipper and you actually get a lower interest rate and lower origination fee again go to lima1capital.com forward slash best ever and some legal stuff i have to say it is lima one capital llc and the NMLS ID number is 1324403. And their address is 201 East McBee Avenue, Suite 300, Greenville, South Carolina, 29601. Again, lima1capital.com forward slash best ever. If you're looking for a fix and flip loan or if you're looking for a buy and hold investment property and you're trying to finance it and you want it to be asset based, lima1capital.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners. Hello. How you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is a show where we cut out the fluffy stuff. We talk about advice that moves your business forward based on our guest's personal experience. We've spoken to Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank, the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You know who that is, don't you? Robert Kiyosaki and many other best ever guests. And with us today, we've got a very successful entrepreneur and real estate investor. How are you doing, Nick Patterson? Thank you. Out of your words, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm very much looking forward to our conversation. Nick is the owner of Kale Realty Chicago and has 375 agents under him doing residential sales and rentals. Him and a partner own around 200 rental properties 
from four to 24 units. So clearly you know why I'm chomping at the bit to have this interview with Nick. Very much looking forward to it. He's based in Chicago, Illinois, as the name of his company would indicate. And you can say hi to him at joinkale.com or wpcproperties.com. And those links are in the show notes page. Nick, with that being said, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on? Yeah, uh, thanks for the introduction. Um, it's kind of humbling, actually, uh, when, when I got the email from you originally, and then I had to write my bio and see what I did. <laughs> I always think I'm real lazy every morning, but then actually doing this exercise made me kind of feel... It's a, it's a good gratification piece. Yeah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> so uh, a, a small information about me. Um, I was, like uh, Joe said, I was born in the northern suburbs of Chicago. Uh, my grandfather was a real estate guy. He didn't really teach me much, but I think the mindset was there. Um, so around the dinner table, we'd always talk about, you know, windows need replacements. Miss Skolnick didn't pay her rents. So I was just always involved in that field. And I, I feel blessed because I always kind of knew that I was going to be in real estate. Um, I always knew that I wanted a, a wife and a family, but I also knew I wanted to be in real estate. Um, and so in 2002, I received my broker license. I worked for Kale, uh, Cobalt Banker as a sales agent, basically running around buyers, looking at condos and single family homes. I was working about 80 hour weeks, read the Rich Dad Poor Dad book, which you mentioned, <laughs> and I knew I needed to get some passive income. So I started uh, Kale Realty with the help of my family. I uh, grew up from a property management division to uh, basically residential sales and rentals. We now have 375 agents. We're a 100% commission company where we charge our agents $49 a month, and they basically keep what they earn, which is great for uh, the investor and the agent that doesn't need so much hand-holding. And like you said, also, I also have a great partner who does construction. I focus mostly on getting the deals and the financing, and we're able to, to buy a lot of properties, and we've been real lucky. Lots of questions. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, No, it's great. No, it's, uh, you gave me a lot to, to work with. You mentioned something where, with the help of your family, you started Kale Realty Chicago. What type of help was it, and, and if, so, if, if it was monetary, then how much did it take to get started? So, like I mentioned, my grandfather owned real estate. Uh, his main gig was selling police and fire uniforms, uh, but he used profits from that to buy strip centers and apartment buildings. So in 2007, uh, a space became available in a storefront he had, and in the interim of him renting the space to somebody else, he said, I could use the space to maybe produce a real estate company. Mm. So at the time, from essentially 1951 to 2007, Kale Realty was just my grandfather and my mother handling and managing properties they owned. So when I took over, my background was more in residential sales and rentals, as property management uh, was not my bag. Lots of complaining, and I, I couldn't handle it. <laughs> uh, so... That's where Kale Realty grew. Uh, I knew that I had to produce income in order to pay the rent. Uh, they gave me a minimal rent at the beginning, 500 bucks a month, mm -hmm. but then it raised to market rent, I think nine or 12 months after that. So I had limited time to, to start making money or making cash flow. What was market rent? Market rent was 3,400 bucks at the time. That's a big difference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was lucky. Lucky. Yeah. Have you, have you always had that model with the $49 a month and they keep what they earn for your agents? No. Uh, I started in, two, in 2007 when I started, I thought it would be a brokerage, uh, a luxury South Loop firm, only handling you know, maybe eight or nine or ten agents at a time and uh, be kind of doing a boutique model. But 
it doesn't really work so much because uh, then I'm competing with the big guys. I'm competing with Cole Banker. I'm competing with Baird and Warner. There was no niche or selling point for agents to come to me if I'm offering the same split as if they're going to a bigger company. So in I think 2011 or 2012, we decided to come up with a niche of the 100% model. It's, it's basically uh, copying the Remax model, but at a discounted rate. It's uh, $49 a month. And from there, we're able to really recruit and, and bring on some top guys and, and just keep on growing and growing. And I'm not familiar. I'm not a real estate agent, so I'm not familiar with the Remax price. How much is Remax? Every Remax franchise is different, but they're around eight hundred to twelve hundred dollars a month mm. for uh, for an agent to go to Remax. So, just a little background. So, if an agent is working for a company, say Cobalt Banker, they typically make around two and a half percent in Chicago. That is of the sales price from their commission. So, let's say it's a five thousand dollar check they get at the closing. They bring that check, which is made out to Cobalt Banker. And a couple banker will then give them a split. Typically, a, a new agent will be at a 50-50 split. So out of that $5,000, they're really only making 2500 bucks. Whereas at our company, they, they bring us a check for 5000 We write them a check back for $4,701 because we take a little bit of a transaction fee. Mm-hmm. With the $49, for every a new person that gets uh, into the Kale Realty Chicago group, how much of that $49 is profit? Oh, <laughs> for the Kale Realty bottom line? Yeah. Uh, around tw- 15 to $20 around. Got it. And where do the overhead costs go? The overhead cost, well, everyone gets an email address, the Gmail, which is $5. Then we have market rent, <laughs> 3400 bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I have a staff of five who make a salary. And then we also have great tools we give our agents. Uh, we just started uh, using this program called Dot Loop. And where it's a paperless transaction. So if you have a client, you can send them a contract and they can sign the contract online. Very similar to DocuSign. Yeah. And then once a month, we have uh, training events and, and little parties and things like that. Shout out to Dot Loop and the Cincinnati company. They're, they're headquartered uh, that's right. in Cincinnati. They are. They were just purchased by Zillow, though. Yep. They yeah. sure were. Yeah. I've got a friend who works there in sales. Ah, very good. And he'll appreciate your mention, although he would, he would appreciate it if you mentioned his name and then associate it to Dalu. <laughs> I don't remember his name. <laughs> yeah, no. So let's talk about your investments now. In 2002, you said you got your broker's license. And just to make sure I'm translating this in my mind properly, your broker's meaning and you're a broker versus a real estate agent, right? That's when you got your broker's license, right? Right. Yeah. Illinois <laughs> considers realtors uh, the broker license. Yeah. Okay. So... Uh, is there a like a is there a realtor like if you if you pass a test and you you don't have a real estate license are you then a broker or a real estate agent? You are uh, as of 2012 you are a broker in Illinois. So oh, I guess in 2002 I was a sales agent and in okay. 2012 they changed the the wording. Okay, got it's it. It's all about perception, right? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, exactly. You've been in real estate as a broker uh, in 2002 for all intents and purposes. Did you own any property at that point, or was it after you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, then you started buying? Uh, uh, no, I actually, the first property I owned was actually the worst investment I bought, um, but I'm lucky. It was a, uh, I was in real estate, I was showing properties all the time, and I came across a great deal. It was this tiny little studio that I bought for $75,000. Uh, that was in 2004. Okay. I got a tiny loan on it. I've, I've already paid off the loan. Uh, so I own it free and clear, and I'm making cash flow on it. However, if I wanted to resell that property, it's probably only worth forty-five or fifty thousand today. If you look at the perception, I lost value in the terms of resale, but I'm making cash flow each month. Mm-hmm. So as long as I hand it down to my grandkids, I think I'll be okay. 
let's talk about this because from 2004 then because that's when you bought your first one to now which is 12 years see how i can do quick math (laughs) Uh, 12 years you have purchased around you have around 200 rental properties so if i just do some quick division that's 16 properties a year on average that you've purchased or at least 16 units a year on average that you've purchased yeah yeah exactly uh because they're four to 24 units how are you financing this I'll take it back one step. Uh, 2004 uh, to 2011, I did nothing. And uh, you actually did a show on this um, topic called Focus, I think a couple of shows ago. Yep. And I didn't have any focus. I knew I wanted to buy real estate. I knew I wanted to do something, but I was all over the map. I was looking at nine unit buildings. I was looking at studios. I was looking at single family homes. I was looking in you know, North Chicago, South Chicago. I was everywhere. And until 2011, 2012, an opportunity uh, became available where I was able to buy an eight-unit building in an area south of Chicago uh, by by where the Sox play. Mm-hmm. And that's after purchasing that property, I was really able to focus on like an eight-square-block radius. So I bought that one property in 2004. Everything else, the other 19 buildings, have been since 2012. Wow. So we've been on a kind of a rampage the last couple of years. You have been on a rampage. So. <laughs> That was that what the one property, the one unit was 2004, and the rest was since 2012, right? That's yeah, 2011, 2012, yeah. Okay. And your focus was in because I mean that that math is just kind of ridiculous now. If I if I were to do that, especially since they're I mean relatively speaking smaller properties to purchase that many of them. Um, I mean that's 49 units a year yeah, on av- yeah. on average. We're doing about one or two uh, buildings a quarter. Okay, so yeah. walk us through how the financing. You, yeah. yeah. Okay, so the first property I ever bought, um, 2012. In 2008, my banker at Chase was silly, and he gave me a $100,000 loan of credit for Kale Realty. I used that $100,000 line of credit as the down payment to purchase the first eight-unit building. Okay. So I had a financing with a community bank. So I will focus that. Uh, I would highly recommend using community banks. I got a great relationship with a small banker here. We do all our deals with him. But uh, this particular deal, since it was the first, required 30% down. And I got that all from the like uh, the business line of credit from Kale Realty. Okay. So that's the first one. You got a line of credit for your company. Use that as a down payment for uh, how many units? That's an eight-unit building. For an eight-unit building. Do you remember the numbers on that? I mean, as far as purchase price and, and rent and money to fix up anything like that yeah it's funny i'm actually still fixing it up right now as we speak um i and bought you, it for you three, bought it in when 2008 2000 i was 2000 late or 2011 two, yeah 2011, December, I 2011 that, yeah. Yeah. okay i bought it for three hundred thousand dollars and at the time uh there were eight tenants in there i think it was, it was from a bank i think the previous owner bought it for 650 in 2007 and i learned very quickly that when you buy a property from a bank that the eight tenants in there are not paying rent <laughs> So that you'll get a rent roll from a uh, a yellow pad of paper that says, "Oh yeah, they're all paying this." But then as soon as you take over the property, no one's paying rent. Mm-hmm. If you bought it from a bank, did you finance the rest, or did was the rest cash yeah, out of pocket? Yeah, that was the one I I took. Um, I believe I used seventy five thousand dollars in the line of credit from the what Chase Bank gave me, and then I financed the rest with a CNB or a small community bank. Okay, got it. All right, I'm yeah. with you. Yeah. And how much have you had to put into it? Since then, I've put in roughly one hundred and twenty thousand. Okay, so you're at 
of 420k. Mm-hmm. Yep. Where's it at in the valuation stage right now? So right now, all eight units are rented. We're bringing in about $6,200 a month in that building. Got it. $6,200 a month? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I should have had my rent rolls in front of me. <laughs> this is this is the joy of owning 20 buildings. You you, uh, yeah. you don't remember them anymore. Yeah. I, what's the what's the cap rate in the area? And in that particular area, you're probably looking at an eight or nine cap. Okay. Got it. So I'm most of the buildings we own are hovering over a 10 cap. Yep. Okay. And and the reason is our specialty is purchasing the four R's. You know, rehab, rent, refinance, and then repeat. So our ideal property is basically a horrible property, something from a bank, something from an estate sale. Uh, one of our more recent purchases has been from a, uh, it was a 10-unit building that was owned by a family for 100 years. And so we're able to go in there and basically kick everyone out, gut the whole property, fix it up real nice, and, and raise the rents real high, which, which is why I, was, I think I was more attracted to the, the buy and hold and the six-plus unit buildings. Just by forcing the rents higher, you force the the value of the property higher. Mm-hmm. Are you doing that approach to rehab, rent, refinance, and repeat for all your properties? Everything. So Everything. in the last since 2012, we've been playing one large game of uh, let it ride. Mm. So as soon as one building is complete, you know we're able to take those funds from another building and purchase another building. And at any given time, we have about one or two properties under construction, and we've never taken a distribution from any of the properties yet either. Okay. What's the end game? The end game is 500 units. But then once we get there, hopefully it'll be 1,000 units. So <laughs> what type of risk are you uh, taking on with this approach? A great question. Um, I'm not a, um, a gambler. So I would say there's, in the properties we own, I'm going to quote Robert Kiyosaki on this one, unfortunately, but you know, there's really no risk. And the reason is we're buying these properties at such great value that in the worst case scenario, if we needed to flip them and, and get rid of them, we could. If the neighborhood turned to, let's say, Detroit, we we're able to rent them out Section 8 and still cash flow. Worst case scenario, uh, we're okay on all the properties. Um, I find I'm able to do this because I go into each property with a price that I want to get. Uh, and I'm not tied to any properties. I negotiate pretty hard. And if I lose a property, I know that uh, deals are like buses. There's one every 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's all about the deal, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. Yeah. So um, it eliminates the risk there. I'm uh, and I'm going back to like that that original one, the 300k property where you bought it, and there was eight units, and you mentioned it was 6,200, right, a month that I was bringing in. That property, I believe, yes, we're bringing around there. Yeah. yeah. So that's about seventy four thousand four hundred a year, and then say fifty percent to expenses. Fifty percent. Now we're at thirty. Thirty. 30? Yeah. Oh, okay. You're fifty percent expenses in Cincinnati. Well, on larger properties. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're at, and do you self manage? We do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You have that management company. So you're at what? Uh, about thirty. What percent? We're between twenty seven and thirty percent uh, expenses. On all our buildings. The only thing that kills you in Chicago is the property taxes. So with this one and then with the others, your whole focus is to do this this approach, to rehab, rent, refinance, and repeat. And the community bank that you're working with is giving you the new loan for each of the new properties. Exactly. However, we've reached our cap with them. I believe they have an $8 million cap. So now we're currently in the process of finding new banks to work with. 
you're going to commun- the community bank route again. Yeah, exactly. We like it because it's you, you, you basically we develop a relationship with these guys. I just call Tom up and say, hey, Tom, here's the deal we got. I send them over the rent roll. I send them over our projections for uh, estimation. We also get construction loans. And he's able to close the deal in you know, 30 days. It's real easy. Do you get the construction loan through them? Yes. So you get it all, all in all in one. Uh-huh. What's exactly. the what's the community bank that you use? We use a bank called CNB Bank and Trust. They're out in uh, <clears throat> I believe they originally uh, were like in southern Illinois, mostly with our, uh, agriculture. But now they have a couple branches in southwest Chicago. Nick, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? Ah, we're getting to the questions. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got a lot more to say on the buildings, um, but. Uh, Maybe for another day. Actually, I, I teach a class on this in my, with my agents. And I thought about this one pretty hard. Um, my, I have three advice for, an, uh, for a new person. Uh, the first advice, you, as you already focused on your one of your great podcasts, was uh, have focus. Yeah, it's all about having clear goals, uh, simplicity in what you want. Uh, like I said, I wasn't able to do anything when I was all over the map. I was only able to purchase property when I said, I only want to buy six unit or eight unit buildings in this three block radius. And from that focus, I was able to really narrow down with laser precision and know what, when I, you know, when someone called me and said, Hey, I got a property for sale. I was able to give them a price I was, that I knew would be fair and that it would work for my numbers. My second piece of advice is consistency. I find this true with uh, real estate investing and with realtors. I always use the analogy, if you're a realtor and you know, it's so easy to become a real estate agent, you know, you just take the test, you get your license, you hang it with a, uh, with a company. But if you're going to open a shoe store, you would have to find a location, you have to buy inventory, you'd have to be there every day. But as a realtor, you don't have to be there every day. Mm-hmm. You have no one knocking on your door. You don't have big overhead. You don't have a boss telling you what to do. And so the consistency factor really comes into play. You know, a lot of realtors, they're not spending at least two hours a day prospecting. They're not doing the things they need to do every single day to chip away and chip away and develop a business and develop you know, a place for themselves in the market. And then my third piece of uh, advice is take action. Um, I found I was pretty good at real estate because I'm not that smart, but I was able to take action. Whereas I talk to my friends who are smart, who are you know, graduate school level, medical school level, but they just read and read and analysis by paralysis and they don't do anything. And they, there's always, you know, there's always another day. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. But whereas I'm real, I got a really good uh, sense of making a quick decision, be it bad or, or good, but at least I make the decision and just take action. Um, I put, pro- put offers on properties and that's all you can do. And that's basically what I do. I just put offers on properties every single day. Hmm. Every day you're making offers on properties? I've, we've slowed down. The cap rates have dramatically decreased. There's a lot of silly money out there. We've dramatically slowed down since the winter of 2000, I want to say 2015. So we haven't had any offers uh, recently, but still out there looking at deals. Uh, I also have a, a goal board in my office that I'm actually looking at right now, but it says, what am I doing right now to reach 500? Mm. And so I always know where I need to be. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Oh, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, let's do it first, though. A quick word from our best ever partners. Do you need more leads for your real estate business and do you need a platform to help you get those leads? Well, Danny Johnson, previous best ever guest, episode 294, has exactly the solution for you, best ever listeners. Go to leadpropeller.com 
And that's going to help you, well, get more leads. He's got a website service that you can sign up for. It's a money-back guarantee for the first 30 days, so no risk involved. Leadpropeller.com. You can also click the link in the show notes page, and that will take you right there. Best ever book you've read? You know what? Can I mention lots of them? No, you can. You, then you'll kill the you'll kill the format of the show. Oh, I'm already <laughs> ruining it. Oh no. Okay. Okay. Um, gotta I'm one. gonna go with um, a personal book. It's called Paradox of Choice by Barry Schwartz. The only reason I'm saying this is because everybody's already said four-hour work week in, in, uh, in the, the Robert Kiyosaki ones. But this is a great book that opened my eyes. Uh, there's so many options in the world. Uh, you go in the grocery store and there's 400 types of crackers. You know, same thing with real estate. There's thousands of ways to make money in real estate or there's thousands of ways to make money in this world. Unless you have, you know, focus or able to just choose one or two of them, you, you really can't be happy. Best ever personal growth experience and what did you learn from it? Okay. Um... I would say that was in 2007 when my wife said she was pregnant with her first child. At the time, I was working 80-hour weeks uh, every weekend, every night after 5 p.m. taking clients out, and I knew I had to do something. Um, I knew that passive income was the only way to go if I wanted to spend time with my children. And from 2007 till today, that's been my goal, has been uh, working, working less, developing systems, uh, delegating uh, some available uh, to pick up the kids every day at 3.30 from school. What's the best ever deal you've done? <laughs> I got a lot of great deals. Um, I'll say the the best deal I ever did uh, was recently we bought a four-unit building from a bank. And I don't want to say it was a great deal, but it made me happy because I was able to get it for no money down. I've asked a million times uh, if the seller would carry the paper. And this is the first time that the bank said they'll carry the paper and uh, we basically went into the, the title company, signed our name, and we got the property. Best ever way you like to give back? Uh, I'm, I lack in that department. Uh, I spend a lot of time with my children and my family, uh, so I just give back to my three kids. Maybe one day. What's the biggest mistake you've made so far in real estate? Uh, the biggest mistake? That's a great question, Joe. I'm actually reading a book right now. When I say reading, I mean audible. I listen to my car. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got too much ADD for uh, reading. But there's a great book called The Obstacle Oops, is the Way by Ryan Holiday. And essentially, as you know, you know, when you make mistakes, that's your learning opportunity. The biggest mistake in real estate I made was not having a partner. I'm kind of a pushover. When I owned property by myself, uh, tenants would uh, take advantage of me and I would let them. Uh, but I found a partner who compliments me in construction and is relatively the mean guy in the relationship to the tenants. But we're able to make money and we're able to make things happen. So... For me, it was uh, finding a partner to complement what I do. What is the best ever place the best ever listeners can reach you? They can go to our website, join Kale, or they can send me an email, uh, nick at kalerealty.com. Nick, thank you for being on the show and talking about how you've built your portfolio of 200 rental properties from four to 24 units by using the rent rehab, rent, excuse me, rehab rent refinance and repeat because this whole process wouldn't work if you rented it then rehabbed it i think i think there'd be some <laughs> sunken costs there uh, no so, I mean, yeah you get your as soon as you refinance you get your money out you're able to we do have investors who pay you know, a lot of the 20 percent down we can pay them out and we can go to the next property yep the rehab rent refinance and repeat strategy really interesting to hear that as well as how you have grown your brokerage kale realty chicago 
and uh, the business model you chose to employ that does differentiate yourself from other groups and um, it's really interesting stuff. I mean, it's uh, I, I, I'd like to also have you back on a Situation Saturday sometime where we talk about a uh, situation and, and you can go into more depth on the uh, buildings um, that, you, that you're acquiring. Cause I know yeah, you can talk for hours about that stuff. So many yep. different scenarios. Yeah. Yep. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Nick. Hope you have a best ever day. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, well, thank you so much. My first podcast, my first Skype. Lots of firsts today. <laughs> and we were all here to witness it. Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. You're great. All right. Talk to you later. Do you need more leads for your real estate business? And do you need a platform to help you get those leads? Well, Danny Johnson, previous best ever guest, episode 294, has exactly the solution for you, best ever listeners. Go to leadpropeller.com. And that's going to help you, well, get more leads. He's got a website service that you can sign up for. It's a money-back guarantee for the first 30 days, so no risk involved. Leadpropeller.com. You can also click the link in the show notes page, and that will take you right there.